Hello again, and welcome back to Better Health Now. I'm your host, Rob Brown. I'm glad that you're checking back in for your weekly information update of this new year of 2019. And uh, as you know, if you've been with me before, uh, I'm going to give you some information that's going to help you take better control of your health. If you're new to my podcast, that's what you can expect. I don't have an agenda. I don't have a product. I'm not selling anything. I'm just trying to give you some information that allows you to take a better, more active role in your own health. And hopefully, we'll all get healthy together. So if this is the first time you're listening in, hope you get some great information. Long time listener, glad you're glad that you're back. Share this with other folks. Get the information out to other people. That's, that's how we get other people healthy. If you need to touch base with me personally, you can send me an email at betterhealthnowpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. If you have suggestions on something you'd like to hear in the future, let me know. Hey, uh, folks, uh, in case you uh, haven't been paying too much attention, we here in Western Pennsylvania just endured a week-long rant from the weather folks about this horrible winter storm that we were going to have and dump all this snow on us. And we actually ended up getting little to no snow at all here in our town. But it does bring to mind the fact that it is winter. And since we are northerners uh, around here, we get stuck inside a lot for many months during the winter. Because of that, we're exposed to less sunshine. And because of that, we get less vitamin D. Now, the hype about the weather is, is something that I can't do anything about. However, I think it is important to talk about what's going on with vitamin D. That's where I want to touch base with you folks today. I hope that all of you have some knowledge about what vitamin D is and what it does. Uh, it's an important vitamin. Just to give you a little bit of background, we have two different kinds of vitamins in our bodies. We have the water-soluble vitamins, and that's all the B vitamins and vitamin C. And the important thing about that is that as long as you drink enough water, you will flush out any of this excess uh, vitamin Bs and C out of your system, and you really won't have any side effects from it. Now, I'm not encouraging you to go out and try to see if you can overdose on vitamin B or vitamin C, but for the most part, you really don't have too much to worry about there. Drink enough liquids and you should be fine. On the other hand, we have the fat-soluble vitamins. Those are the vitamins A, D, E, and K. And those being fat soluble can get stored inside our bodies. So it is possible and it's not that hard to overdo it with those vitamins. Uh, those are bad things. There are some health problems associated with an excess intake of the fat soluble vitamins. So you're going to need to use some caution if you're going to be supplementing your diet with the fat soluble vitamins because it is possible that what you think is doing good could actually be doing you some harm. There is the potential for that. We don't want to see that. Let's talk today about vitamin D uh, and use some newfound wisdom and caution when we talk about how we want to take this. Now, there's no way in the world to argue with this one. The best way for us to get vitamin D is to expose our skin to sunlight. The ultraviolet rays in the sun activate and change a chemical that our bodies make in the skin. So we have a chemical that's in our skin and the sunlight, the ultraviolet rays, hit that chemical and they change that chemical into the beginning stages of vitamin D. This is a challenge for folks who live in the northern latitudes and northern areas because uh, we may not get as much sun. So we need to be thoughtful about our exposure so we can get enough vitamin D production. P3 
people who live in rainy or cloudy or snowy or cold weather, those folks who don't get outside and don't get their skin exposed to the sunlight and prevent the exposure, don't get as much vitamin D production. Remember, vitamin D is fat soluble. So hopefully this summer, your, your body was outside and you got to make plenty of vitamin D this summer and it's been stored up in expectation for this winter and your body can use it as it needs to. If you have not been able to do that, then we're gonna to have to turn to option number two. With more and more people having inside jobs, more and more people are not as exposed to the sunlight as they need. There's another problem. Even with some of these folks who are outside, we have been using sunscreen more and more. That decreases our skin's exposure to the beneficial effects of the sun. I know, I've heard this. The people that say you should use sunscreen say that because we wanna prevent skin cancer. This is a delicate balance. This is an uneasy balance. If we block too many of the sun's rays, we do decrease our chances of getting skin cancer, but we're also not making the vitamin D. Where are we supposed to turn for this? And it, this kind of comes down on your personal health history. If you've got a family history of some skin cancers or some association with skin cancers, you're more likely to, uh, to move to the side of sunscreens, prevent those, as opposed to uh, worrying about the vitamin D. It is true that sunlight is not the only way to get vitamin D. So if you do use sunscreen and not get the vitamin D that way, we have another choice. We get vitamin D as part of our diet. The foods that are pretty rich in vitamin D are kind of few and far between. Uh, and most of us do not eat those on a regular basis. The best source of vitamin D is fatty fish, fatty fish, swordfish, cod liver and cod liver oil, tuna, sardines, and salmon are really very rich in vitamin D. But that's about it. All the other foods that we eat, and I'm gonna talk about some of them, they have some vitamin D in them, but there's not very much. Egg yolks, eggs are pretty good. They're, they're a nice, good source of vitamin D. However, one egg yolk has about 10% of your daily required amount of vitamin D. So you tell me you're gonna eat 10 eggs a day just to get your vitamin D requirement. And eggs are probably one of the better sources. Another good source of the vitamin D, and don't get me wrong now, but another one of the good sources uh, are the foods that are fortified with vitamin D, where we've had to add vitamin D back into the foods for different reasons. Dairy products are, are generally fortified with vitamin D because the vitamin D is essential for our body's absorption of the calcium that's in those dairy products. Breakfast cereals are also typically fortified with vitamin D, and there are several other foods that are fortified with vitamin D, and the reason is we need vitamin D, and we need vitamin D especially to absorb calcium so that we have main, maintained good bone health. So it is really difficult to get enough vitamin D just by eating these vitamin-rich foods. Supplementation of the foods helps us go a long way. Most likely, we probably need to add this vitamin to our diet as some form of a supplement. Uh, if you're gonna do that, then you need to get information about what kind of supplement that you're gonna pick and choose and how you wanna put that in there. Uh, now, vitamin D comes in two different supplement forms. There's vitamin D2, which is called ergocalciferol, and then there's vitamin D3, which is cholecalciferol. Vitamin D2 comes typically from plant sources, mushrooms that have been exposed to ultraviolet light. And vitamin D3 typically comes more from the animal products. There's some things that animals give us that we can use for vitamin D. Now, some of the studies are leaning toward the opinion that vitamin D3 is better absorbed by the body. 
And it looks like these studies are going to hold up, but they are definitely not definitive yet. The best way thing that you can say right now is both D2 and D3 are very good for you. Uh, although it looks like in time, and it's not going to be too far down the road, we're going to recognize that vitamin D3 is a little bit better for us. It seems like if you're taking that on a daily basis or a regular basis, D3 works just a little bit better for you. If you're taking it a one-shot deal, D2 might have an edge there. These are not hard and fast yet. They're still doing the research. If you want to get online, because we all live online, it seems, and check out some of the medical sources and resources online, let's say the National Institute of Health. Now, they say that these two are pretty much the same once they hit our bodies, and that's kind of an important thing. It doesn't matter whether the vitamin, C we're, vitamin D we're talking about is produced by the sun through our skin, uh, the vitamin D occurs in the foods that we eat, or the vitamin D occurs in a supplement that's been added, all of those forms of vitamin D, once they hit our body, have to be changed two different times before our body can really make the use of that vitamin D. The first time that chemical goes to our liver and is chemically changed, chemically altered. After that, that chemically altered vitamin D goes to our kidneys where it is again changed and it becomes the form that our body will use. It's a usable form. Now, this is going to bring out an extra concern for folks who have problems with either of those organs or and organ systems. If you have a history of problems with your liver, it doesn't work well. You've got a history of cirrhosis or hepatitis. You've got a, a fatty liver disease. Uh, or you've got kidney problems. You've had a kidney removed. You have poor kidney function. There's a very good chance that your body's not keeping up with the changing of those chemicals into the usable form of vitamin D. If you fall into that category... Absolutely, mention it to your medical doctor, your healthcare provider. Get regular checks of your blood levels of the vitamin D and make sure that if you're a little deficient, they can give you a supplement to, to fix that up and to keep that level high for you because vitamin D does play a large and important role in our bodies being healthy. There are uh, several groups of folks who need extra care with their vitamin D levels, not just kidneys and liver problems, but so several specific groups of folks. Uh, older people have an increased need because for whatever reason, they absorb less of the vitamin D from their digestion than younger people. Why? We don't know. But especially with older folks, vitamin D is associated with calcium uptake. And if we're talking older folks, calcium uptake, the first thing that should pop into our heads is the risk of osteoporosis. In addition to older people needing more vitamin D, women need more vitamin D than men because women face a higher risk of osteoporosis compared to men. So we've got older folks and especially women. So older women would need it a lot more than older men or younger men. Now there's, there's a lot of other folks who are going to be uh, at greater risk and need more vitamin D. Folks who suffer from pretty, some pretty specific diseases, cystic fibrosis, celiac disease, and Crohn's disease. Those folks are going to be likely to have a lot of trouble absorbing the vitamin D in their system. Uh, and they're also having a hard time absorbing lots of other important vitamins. They should be watched by uh, healthcare providers. Coordinate through those folks and let them uh, keep a good close eye on all the levels of your uh, vitamins and minerals to make sure that you're staying as healthy as you can possibly be. Those folks are battling some things that uh, they really need to stay right on top of. In addition, this one uh, kind of surprised me. People who have darker skin are at a greater risk because their vitamin D levels tend to stay a little bit lower. The darker skin that they have 
protects them from the ultraviolet rays of the sun. And if you're not getting as much from the sun, you're going to have lower levels. So according to the ACDC report, the majority of African-Americans have insufficient blood levels of vitamin D and nearly one third of African-Americans in this country have an outright deficiency. And if we start looking at folks in the northern states, those numbers jump even higher. That's a that's a real challenge for, the, for those folks, but it's something that's important for them to know and, and keep in mind when they're talking to their doctor. Ask to get those things checked so that you can get supplements if you need it. Scientists have also observed that obese individuals have an increased risk of vitamin D deficiency and that they've got low levels also. We're not entirely certain why they think maybe the vitamin D just goes straight into the fat cells and gets stored there instead of being released into the blood. They don't know, but it's something that they've observed. So we've got quite a list of these people who need to use extra care with the amount of vitamin D that they're taking. Maybe they, those folks really need to be getting regular blood checks uh, to see exactly what's going on with their level. And all these folks we've talked about so far are just folks who are talking about a deficit of vitamin D. What happens if we don't have enough vitamin D? Well, the disease for lack of vitamin D in our system is rickets. Our bones are not as calcified as they should be. So we have softer bones and that's rickets. That's a developmental issue. So kids fall into that same risk category. There's lots of uh, recommendations out there for kids and vitamin D levels because we want kids to be able to absorb calcium, build strong, healthy bones, especially when they're kids. We just talked about the deficiencies. What about vitamin D deficiency and some other things that maybe are a little bit more popular but not as proven? Breast cancer, colon cancer, prostate cancer, heart disease, depression, weight gain. Their research is out there trying to suggest that those things could be made worse because of a deficit of vitamin D. There's some research that wants to say those things are in part caused by a deficit of vitamin D. There, we are a long way from having those kind of proofs for that information, but it's out there. There's a lot of studies now that are looking at the health benefits of adding vitamin D to your diet. We're not just going to talk about not having too little, but let's add some to it. There's a group out there called the Vitamin D Council, and they're a scientist-led group. They're promoting vitamin D deficiency awareness. Sounds an awful lot like they're trying to sell vitamin D to me. They suggest that treatment might be found helpful, vitamin D supplementation treatment, might be found helpful in treating or preventing things like autism, autoimmune diseases, cancers, chronic pain, depression, diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, flu, neuromuscular diseases, and osteoporosis. That's an awful lot of stuff that people get worried about, and I'm not so sure that the proof is out there yet. In fact, I'm pretty sure there is no definitive clinical trials standing behind that, but those folks are promoting that idea and bringing the awareness to the forefront, and they're trying to look at it. So I don't blame them for raising those possibilities, but I'm a long way from saying that those diseases can be prevented or treated uh, just by adding vitamin D to our diet. So far, we've talked about the bad side effects and the bad effects of vitamin D deficiency. Kind of talked about, in theory, what the Vitamin D Council says could be good if we were to add vitamin D into it. However, there are some folks who really should think twice before they supplement their diets with vitamin D. Vitamin D toxicity, too much vitamin D, can cause some nonspecific symptoms, symptoms that don't quite fit into any picture. There's no dartboard that hits bullseye here, but anorexia, weight loss, polyuria, increased urination is what that is, and heart arrhythmias. Those can be serious and they can occur because of too much vitamin D. High levels of vitamin D can raise levels of blood calcium, which could end up with vascular and tissue calcification, 
damage to the heart and blood vessels and kidneys. Too much vitamin D can also cause uh, nausea, constipation, confusion, abnormal heart rhythm, and even kidney stones. In fact, the use of supplements of both calcium and vitamin D by postmenopausal women was associated with a 17% increase in the risks of kidney stones. So we have to be thoughtful about how we're doing this, but we also don't want to be deficient. There's a pretty fine line that we walk here. What do you do if you feel like you are likely to be a person who is in need of vitamin D? What are you supposed to do? You've got lots of choices. The first thing that you could do really is get to your doctor and ask him to do a blood test to check to see what your blood levels of vitamin D are so that you can make an informed decision. If it comes back that you do need it, what do you need? Vitamin D2, vitamin D3, do you need it in a liquid? Do you need a tablet or should you take it in a multivitamin form? All very good questions and there's really no hard and set answer for this. Uh, if you go to the doctor and he just does a blood test and finds that you're low, he will probably prescribe vitamin D3 in some pill form to take daily. Now, if you're vegan and you want to avoid animal products, you could mention it to him that you're vegan and would prefer to use the D2 and he should be able to give you that as well. Personally, I have been taking a liquid vitamin D3 recently. Uh, in the past, I've used the tablets of D3, uh, and I don't really see a difference for me between taking the liquids or the capsules. It's kind of a preference. If people have a difficult time with digestion absorption, I think that the liquids could get into our system just a little bit quicker and might therefore be absorbed a little bit better. The jury is still out on that. They're, they've done lots of studies on two versus three, long way from having a conclusive bunch of evidence. They're beginning to look at not just two versus three, but also how do we get that in there? Are we putting it in there with oils? Are we putting it in there with alcohols? How are we going to get the vitamin D3 or D2 into our, to our bodies? And then what absorption will that cause? So right now, D3 and vitamin D in general is a big supplementation topic. It's getting a lot of research. They're doing some really good studies. But those studies take time and it's going to be a little while before we have any more definitive evidence leaning and landing down on the side of two versus three uh, pills versus oils versus maybe even injections. We're a long way off from any of those things. But those are some things that, that I think we need to think about. As I sit here looking out at kind of the gray sky and the snow on the ground and realize when I go out today, I will be bundled up and I will be zipping to my car as fast as I possibly can. My face is not getting any vitamin D production because I'm not going to be in the sun long enough to let it hit me if I can possibly help it. Those of us in cold in northern latitudes are facing the same thing. So we need to be aware of that, especially in the winter. And if you notice some symptoms, get to your doctor, get tested. You may find that you only need to supplement your vitamin D during these winter months or during the times when the sun is not out or you're not able to be out. If you find out what your vitamin D levels are, and you realize you need to change your diet or start adding some supplementation, it can go a long way toward keeping you healthier, toward keeping your bones healthier, and put you on the track to better health now.